scripture reading and the following address were part of the YouTube streamed worship video by St Paul's Lutheran Church, Box Hill, Victoria, Australia, on June 26, 2022. For more information, visit www.stpaulsboxhill.org.au. The Holy Gospel is written in the Gospel according to St Luke, chapter 9, beginning at the 51st verse. When the days drew near for Jesus to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him. On their way, they entered a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. But they did not receive him because his face was set towards Jerusalem. When his disciples James and John saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to com command fire to come down from heaven and to, and to consume them? But he turned and rebuked them. And then they went on to another village. And as they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And to another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. So Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. And Jesus said to him, No one who puts a hand to the plough and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. This is the gospel of the Lord. Lord God, as the only way that we get to follow you is first by hearing your voice and by living in the grace of our baptism, we pray that you make all your pastors worthy and faithful in the proclamation of the gospel and that we as your people hear your calling and follow you. Amen. Please be seated. Well, a man approached Jesus, and he was resolute, as Jesus was resolutely making his way to Jerusalem, his face was set towards Jerusalem. And that upset some Samaritan, Samaritans who wouldn't let him come into their village. And when they, uh, his disciples suggested that they, he should condemn that village with fire from above, he wasn't for that. In fact, he said, no, that's the wrong thinking. He came to save the lost and the reluctant. That Samaritan village he came to save. And as he continues on his way, a man comes to him boldly saying, I will follow you wherever you go. This man must have trusted in Jesus, convinced by his teachings and miracles. But this verbal commitment was rather premature, for Jesus, after all, was going to Jerusalem, not for a party, but to be handed over to the chief priests, to be sentenced to die a brutal and agonizing death on the cross. And surely that is not what that man expected when he said he would follow Jesus wherever he was going. Most likely his expectations ran along the lines of hoping for a life of fame, 
of popularity as Jesus was becoming very popular, of seeing great miracles and receiving earthly rewards. Jesus replied to him, that foxes have dens and birds of the skies have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Here, Jesus uses his own lack of a permanent home as an illustration of the path his followers must walk, the path of humility and self-emptying, of dying to the self, choosing things of eternal worth instead of the temporal, choosing heavenly treasures instead of earthly wealth. I wonder if this person did end up following Jesus on the road. We're not told. He could have saved a lot more than $20 from following a taxi. We follow Jesus for life, don't we? Lifelong, and that we might receive life. We receive much more than we give, but there is also a cost to following. Another man said to Jesus, well, Jesus actually called a man to follow him directly, wanting him to proclaim the kingdom of God. Now, this man must have already been sufficiently instructed in the faith but he made excuses lord first allow me to go and bury my father and jesus replied let the dead bury their own dead but for you go proclaim the kingdom of god now these words seem rather harsh don't they but jesus was not forbidding his disciples to attend funerals and particularly of their parents this man's father is not likely to have died or even been sick. If he was, then the son would not have had that conversation with Jesus. He would be home attending to his father or making arrangements for that funeral. Most likely, he wanted just to wait until his aging father died before following Jesus, and that may have taken many years. And he's not too different from many of us. Don't we wait for some imagined convenient time Time is just right when our finances are right or our social life is right or something else is right before we decide to follow Jesus when he calls us to step out in faith, into faith. So many people put off following Jesus until some other day. And sadly, some never respond. This man named his elderly father as a reason to delay but it may have been that actually he was just trying to protect his own reputation, not by abandoning his family to follow, or perhaps he was protecting his inheritance. Jesus basically told him that the spiritually dead should bury the physically dead, and that the spiritually alive should be proclaiming the kingdom of God. If you're spiritually alive, Jesus is saying you should be out proclaiming the kingdom of God. Jesus' call is not always convenient to us. Now, that would have been a, a call away from home. But how about for us? How many people in your street know that you're at church today? Do your neighbours know why you hop in the car and, and disappear every Sunday morning? Have you even bothered speaking to them? Next, another disciple, a would-be disciple, said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me farewell my household. You might be asking, wasn't that a reasonable request after all? Elijah allowed Elisha to go home, didn't he, to say farewell? But if this man's family gets, he gets back to his family and tells them his intention to follow Jesus, this radical teacher heading to Jerusalem, will he be able to resist their pleading to stay with them instead? Maybe he's needed on the farm. There's another excuse, isn't it? 
That's why Jesus replies, no one puts their hand to the plough and looks to the things behind, and who looks always behind is useful to the kingdom of God. When Elisha went home, he made a great deal of burning uh, his plough and slaughtering his oxen. There was no way for him to go back. Following Jesus, cutting, cutting bridges behind so he could only ever go forward to follow prophet Elijah and do God's work. To be continually looking back instead of forward, continually longing for or being regretful for the loss of things past before following Jesus may end up in disaster. It would, for a person ploughing a field, it would end up in crooked furrows, crooked and inconsistent messages, perhaps even leading others astray when a person is speaking about God and calling them to follow Jesus. Jesus calls us to follow him free from divided loyalty. Following Jesus is costly, but ironically, it's actually rewarding, as many of you would testify to, and truly freeing. Because if not following Christ, we ultimately, ultimately follow ourselves, our own desires which often lead us to a greater cost. Because we ultimately become a slave to self, trapped in the consequences of our actions. Jesus calls us away from these things. In today's gospel, Jesus only gives two options, either follow me or self. And we're not told in the text what each person ended up doing. I think it's because we're supposed to ask ourselves, what would I have done? Or what am I doing as Jesus calls me in each instance? There was, no to, there was to be no putting off the decision to follow, no putting the hand to the plough and looking back. And so it is with you and I. When Christ says, follow me, we're called to be free from all worldly loves and loyalties that might come between us and our Saviour. That's not to say we don't enjoy the things of this life, but they no longer are priority. Jesus is number one in our lives. Our eyes are set on him. And Jesus' call to follow in today's reading is his same call to each one of us today. Let me share a more recent story. A baptized daughter of the king hears the call of Jesus to follow him. She's a teenage girl. She's convinced that she's calling, him, calling her to proclaim the kingdom of God, just as Jesus spoke to that uh, disciple. A strong sense of calling, a full-time to full-time ministry comes to this young girl. Was she just imagining it? No, the call is consistent and persistent over time. Her friends and family affirm the Lord's gifting and anointing in her life. Her pastor also sees the genuineness of her call as not being for self-promotion, but for serving and being obedient to the call. He and the members of her congregation give her encouragement. They pray for her in wrestling with God's directing hand on her life. And they provide opportunities for discernment, opportunities for service in their midst. And she equips herself for service and takes time, lots of time to study. She's prepared to pay the price. And she applies herself with full commitment, even in the face of some, even with her own circle, who discourage her path. It's rather risky. Why would you do that? 
Others are outright in condemning her. That's not what the way that the Spirit calls people to the ministry. And she even endures this. It doesn't give up hope. What way do we as individuals help or hinder others from responding to Jesus' call to, to follow him, to take up public ministry of the gospel? Our church continues to say no to women who only seek to obey the Lord's calling. We're not only opposing them, but surely we're also opposing the spirit who calls them. Men, men now are resisting or ignoring God's call to ministry because they don't want to be involved in going to seminary when women are excluded. Others are choosing not to respond with a denomination that does not recognise the calling of women to ordained ministry. In the Lutheran Church of Australia, many members are losing hope and respect for a church that they love because of this stance. Young people see the inconsistency of our proclaiming equality before God and baptism and the pouring out of the spiritual gifts by the Holy Spirit on men and women alike, whilst also refusing to ordain women. I look out here. The church has got, I think there's three graduating pastors this year and there's 64 vacancies. Of those who are currently serving the church in pastoral, full-time pastoral ministry, half of them are expected to retire in the next 10 years. And the uh, vacancies may blow out to about 129 communities that don't have a full-time pastor. I wonder, are you a young man or woman who has found the LCA's impasse in this matter a barrier, a distraction, maybe even a social insult as you share that you're a member of this denomination with your friends? Has it been a cause of anxiety to do for, de for our delaying and discounting the call to ministry? Why is there such a shortage of pastors? What are we ignoring? These are good questions for each of us to ask. We also need to ask ourselves, in some way, am I also putting up a barrier to someone answering God's call to service? Each of us are called to follow. Each of us are called to proclaim the gospel in our circles. Will you follow Jesus in proclaiming the kingdom of, in this place, in this community, the place that you reside, in your street, in your workplace, it may not be to full or even part-time public ministry, and yet he calls you to follow him, and he calls you to share his name, share the hope that you have in him, share the good news. What are some of the opportunities that you see in your life to do so? What are you resisting? Why are you delaying? Is it out of embarrassment? Do you need training? Do you need to know your Lord first? Surely you know your Lord and what he's given you. Why can you not share such joy and such gifts with others? Speak. Open your mouths. Let God speak through you. Following Jesus has a cost, and you may be afraid that you're losing some social standing by saying that you're a follower of him. But remember that as you declare him before others, he will declare you before the Father. Jesus has already paid the greatest cost himself in order to reconcile us with God and, and to draw us to follow him. Jesus resolutely set his face on Jerusalem 
knowing where he was heading and the cost. He wasn't a victim of circumstances while he was having a party there. It was God's will that he go to the cross to pay the cost for the sins of the world. And that, that victory over sin and death would be shared with all people by all his followers. He died for those who do not deserve his love and grace. That's you and I. For those who did not measure up, for those who rejected him, for those whose love of God and commitment to follow him is far from resolute or sure and steady. We've prayed today that we might endure in the calling that we have to follow him. Holy Spirit, make us faithful. Give us strength. Help us to endure. For God is fully committed to us, to this community. He's patient with us. Bishop Paul shared it take, often takes a long time for the church to realize what God is calling it to do. And he mentioned it in terms of our recognition of baptism for one another. Some 500 years it took for churches, different denominations, to recognize each other's baptism. Now, may he open our eyes to the gifts that he's given us and the women in our church and the opportunities to grow and to share the gospel with the Australian community. Can you hear the Spirit's call? The Spirit that God promised he would pour out on all flesh, men and women, young and old. Can you respond and follow? Can you be an encourager to men and women to serve? Can you affirm as valid the calling of men and women as and how God chooses, not as we limit them? Can you affirm? Can you support and encourage them to respond perhaps even defend them during that time and also help to remove the barriers to their service. What is God calling you to do in this matter today? Are you going to delay? Are you going to ask, I'll oh, wait till my father dies? Are you going to wait till you've gone back home and said goodbye to family or can you start acting right away? Holy Spirit, conform us to the will of him who calls us today as individuals in a church. Sound the call to serve God in public ministry that young men and women can respond and be supported and trained. Open the ears and the hearts of our young men and women and break all barriers that would prevent any of us from following Jesus our Lord. Spirit, lead us. Strengthen us, embolden us, and help us to endure. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.